and welcome to another episode of Better Than Wine with Sean and Riley Provo. Alright, so... We should just record an intro, that way I don't have to be awkward every single time. I can do it sometimes. Do you want to do it now? No. You've already done it. Okay. It'll be like an actual Christmas season change. Why? Because that's the next episode that we're doing will be during the actual Christmas season. Oh, okay. I mean, we won't be recording it during the actual Christmas season. Right. But they'll be listening to it. Yeah. During the Christmas season. Okay. Um, you may be wondering okay. why we're wearing this. Unless you're just listening, then <laughs> you weren't um, wondering anything. Yeah. Sean and I are wearing Christmas-themed sweatshirts. Yes. Not to be confused. They're not ugly, ugly Christmas, Christmas sweaters. sweaters. We can't afford that. <laughs> Patreon.com slash better than wine. Uh-huh. I said Patreon, right? You too. did. Good job. Um, <laughs> donate $36 to buy Sean an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> um... <laughs> Just kidding. That is definitely not what we would use that for. Probably <laughs> Unless not. you said to use it for that. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. I would. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, I would <laughs> use it for better stuff. Right. Um, yes. I have a Snoopy shirt. It's really it's a Charlie Brown shirt. It's got both. I know. But Charlie Brown's like the yeah. overall thing. So... Right. I was supposed to have Snoopy sweatpants. Snoopy Christmas. Peanuts Christmas. Sweatpants. Joggers, to be specific. The best kind of sweatpants. Mm. With pockets. Wow. But. They've been lost. The Walmart overlords have failed me. (laughs) Threw it into the void. Maybe. But I like this. This is good grief. It does. It has a Christmas tree, but not the Charlie Brown, like, iconic Christmas tree. I know. That's kind of weird. It's like the good one they got after. Really, after they dressed it up. Yeah. Was it really Linus's Christmas tree that looked like that? No. It was Charlie Brown's. It was all of them, right? Well, yeah. We'll have to watch it. Kind of. Yeah, we should. We'll watch it before our next episode. Yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas (laughs) Breaking down Charlie Brown Christmas. But I like this. It says good grief. It does. Yeah. There's no such thing as good grief. Just ask Charlie Brown. Sean's wearing a Grinch sweatshirt. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. The old one. Yes. Although, he's clearly post like conversion at the end because he has a you smile. You think so? I think he looks evil. Really? He's smiling. No, he's about to take those Christmas presents. I think uh, he's dressed up as Santa. Oh, you're right. The eyebrows. Yeah, look at those. It's confusing from my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, tonight okay. we're reusing a wine from a few weeks ago. Yep. Because we have three open bottles that yep. are not finished. And we don't have a wine cellar. So, right. We have one yeah. small refrigerator. Yep. So, 
It's the cupcake wine. Yes. That was previously mentioned. I did intentionally pick these wine glasses out of our two matching sets of wine glasses. Yeah. Because they have gold sparkles, and this episode will air on Christmas Eve. Right. And our Christmas decorations, which unfortunately could not be included in the camera mm-hmm. frame, here. <laughs> they are over there uh, to Sean's left and also mine because we're sitting next to each other, um, are gold. Yep. So it's coordinated. Nice. Yeah. Did it. Very good. Pretty much everything in our living room is like red or gold. Yeah, pretty much. So it matches. We also have a candle from the good old Aldi. Yep. Uh, it's, it's our a, favorite candle it's the best smell. Candle. There, it's balsam cedar. Balsam and cedar. Some of them are scented the same, but they're like winter editions have a different name. Mm-hmm. Because the little jar ones with the screw top lid, mm-hmm. those I think have a different name. I think it's called just like winter balsam. Also, okay. I'm gonna try to stop saying like again. Okay. We discussed this last time. I gave up. I can't do it. Okay, well, get used to it, people. <laughs> if you're tuning into this episode, then you already know. There's no going back. Right. Yeah. Well, okay then. So, this evening, we are discussing... I don't even think we alluded to this topic in the last mm, episode. Maybe slightly. Well, go ahead. So... Uh, last time, remember we talked about creation, the beginning, mm-hmm. and different accounts. Today, we'll be talking about the uh, original experiences of Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, something that John Paul II talks a lot about. There's a lot to look at. And we both like talking about them a lot. Uh, because they're very interesting. So that's what we're going to look at. I like how when you introduce the topic, only when you introduce the topic, do you, like, low-key a sports announcer? Tonight, we're going to talk about, or like, maybe a reality TV show. Yeah. Um, on this evening's episode of Survivor. Okay. I, I feel like I don't, it's. I feel like you that's lower a your energy. voice. Oh yeah. Do I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you lower your voice? <laughs> Did I? Yep. So, anyways, <laughs> stay on track a little bit to that's, start at least. Yeah, not gonna happen. Never We're has. getting started a lot later than usual too. We are. Some three-year-olds are making Sean a lot holier these days and nights. Nights especially. I don't know about that. (laughs) Or sending him to hell. One or the other. Doing something. Those are the only two options. Yep. Well, ultimately, yeah. All right. So. Original experiences. So, Sean, why don't you framework for us when the original experiences were experienced? Uh, originally. So that means by the first people, 
who lived. Mm-hmm. And this is specifically before they sinned. So before the fall, the way that they experienced life. So if you remember our second episode, which was titled The Beginning. Mm-hmm. We are kind of dissecting that beginning yeah. that Jesus is referring to in Matthew 19. Mm-hmm. And if you don't remember that, go back and listen to it. <laughs> or don't. Or just read I mean, Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah. And then Theology of the Body. Yes. This is available online, isn't it? I believe it is, yeah. And by this, I mean John Paul II's Man and Woman... He created them. Mm-hmm. Do we know which? I almost said which episodes. Which episodes? Which yeah. episodes of JP two? The audiences. The audiences. Probably off starts the top at of your head. Five, maybe. You should have looked that up. Should have. I didn't um, really prepare. It does. See, I knew. See, Sean is the real brains behind the operation here. Sometimes. Uh. So yeah, at least. Picking up at audience five. Um, <clears throat> and it goes for quite a bit. It does. There's a lot of aside, not asides, but what we'll do is outline them. Yeah. I don't want to say in a non-specific way, but in a more generalized sense, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, we will outline them, and then as we go on, we will probably get a little more detailed. Yeah. Sure. If we got detailed about all of them tonight, <laughs> this podcast would end up being five hours long. Yeah, I can't do that. No nope. <sighs> so, anyways, the, f- um, the first of the original experiences that... I don't know if this is where he starts. It is. And it's where... It's like almost by default. You kind of have to start. You have to start there. Um, Look at what he calls original solitude. Uh, Which, again, there's going to be two in a different... Like a duality. In a fit of irony, there are two types of original (laughs) solitude. Not just one. solitude means one. Yes. Or by itself. Right. Yeah. Solitude. I always think of um, solitary confinement. <laughs> Good. Think of solitude. But um, no. So original solitude. Kind of the first way we look at this. Again, and this is all from the perspective of uh, either Adam or Adam and Eve. Um, so originally, again, most of this being taken from the second creation account the Yahwist account, uh, as John Paul II has so dubbed it. Uh, Why are you being weird? I don't know. Why not? (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) This is how I talk to you for the most part, in a weird way, so sorry. (laughs) Kind of, I guess. Yeah. Has so dubbed it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so, yeah, I mean, right kind of from the beginning, if you're looking through uh, the fifth audience, John Paul II pretty much starts by talking about how there's a twofold meaning 
to you. It's original solitude. Uh, so again, the, the first meaning we look at, again, from just reading Genesis chapter 2, uh, takes this perspective of Adam that he is uh, alone among creation, that there is nothing else like him in all of creation. Um, and he, the reason where John Paul II pulls us from uh, is really more specifically from when God tells Adam um, basically like, like name all of the animals. Um, whatever their name is, that will be it. Uh, and so Adam literally, according to Genesis 2, goes through every animal, gives it a name, uh, and names them all. And, you know, it's like he realizes that, okay, these are all great, but they're not, they're not like me. Um, right? You can think about how kind of obvious it would be to him, like, okay, I am, uh, have this intellect and will that these creatures don't have. Um, not not just in how different do they look from me, which is a big part of it, too. Right. Um, but also just in their behavior, in their potential, even. But I also think that separation was probably even more emphasized, if that's the right word, by God bringing the animals to Adam mm-hmm. and saying, name them. To me, if I were Adam, I would say, okay, there's clearly something different here. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, and because yeah. he would have had... I don't want to get too far into other things, but like he, I think before original sin, he would have understood. He wouldn't have had to ponder why is God bringing me all the animals? He would have known his place within creation. Right. Yeah, I mean, and to the point, you know, that God tells him, like, have dominion over over creation. Um, Yeah, uh, that's very true. That's, like, when he's kind of brought face-to-face with it, too. It's a thing. It's like, imagine if, I guess, he had just been living in the garden with without having to do that. Like, maybe you think, okay, maybe there is there is someone out there like me, um, but here God has shown him <laughs> all of the other things, yeah, the living things, and, um, you know, yeah, obvious to him right away. They're not like him. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first part, to summarize, is Adam is alone in the garden. Right, among all of the rest of creation. All of the rest of creation. And this is obviously pre-Eve. Yes. Chronologically speaking. It could have been the day before. It could be the Eve of Eve. The... <laughs> yes, the vigil of Eve. No, see, it's, it's funny when you say the Eve of Eve. Harsh, but okay. (laughs) Sorry. Are you? A little bit. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, I don't know what's <laughs> happening with this piece of hair. Okay. Well, I might have to go get a clip. Sure. Um, okay, so that's the first thing, right? Yes. Okay. So the first part is that he's alone in the garden, but distinct from creation. Right. The second part... And I think it's worth noting... Uh, you know, I, I might have had this kind of mixed up in my head. Uh, but as kind of this whole audience starts, you know, where, again, John Paul II is kind of starting with this, is in Genesis where God uh, says it is not good that the man should be alone. Uh, I want to make him a help similar to himself. Uh, oh my that, gosh, do we teach this backwards? I don't know. I always teach it the way that you were approaching it. Right. And that's what I'm, again, it's really kind of a little more prepared, maybe, for this, but, because um, that's chapter 2, verse 18. I mean, that might be after all the I'm looking. things. But, anyways, like, this is... Again, not experts. Yeah. This is where the whole thing starts, is, again, God himself is, like, kind of, like, stopped and said, hmm, like, you know, it's, it's not good that this guy is yeah. by himself. Uh, I should make somebody for him. Uh, and, again, as part of that, that first part of original solitude is that, you know, man by himself um, is not, like, his fullest self um, without, you know, any other person <laughs> there, right? Like, God himself is a... Um, and I think this is the first time that we see in Genesis, God says something's not good. That it's not good that the man would be alone. Um, and so, right, of course, he's going to fix that. And um, another thing with, like, kind of the language of Genesis, uh, like, we see God, like, kind of saying all these things. And, like, here he's, like, stopping and, like, wait. Like, Adam really needs somebody else. Uh, and it's hard to imagine, like, God didn't plan for that ahead of time. That this is now like he like made Adam, and then it was like, oh wait, <laughs> I I really should have made someone else for him. <laughs> it's not like a mistake or something. I think yeah, it's the idea is to point out this that, solitude. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure. Or that it's not like God didn't think it out. <laughs> well enough to begin with he knew all of it yeah. i think you know genesis well the whole bible but genesis 2 in particular is written in a way that is very revealing uh of the identity of the human person mm-hmm. the purpose of creation um so, to just say, I think a lot of people breeze over it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I did for a very long time. Yeah. Um, to just say, like, yeah, God said it wasn't good for him to be alone. <laughs> I never really thought, why <laughs> did he say that? What a nice story. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Good job, God. You did it. <laughs> um, like, 
you saw an issue and you fixed it and that's not really what was happening just by knowing who God is and his relationship with creation Mm -hmm. now um, so I've been looking at this reviewing this um, while you were talking about that and um, it talks about both types of original solitude in the same section so it kind of it's a springboard to me type um so the first type is that adam was alone in the garden the second type which i think is revealed during the first like adam naming the animals is how humanity how man as a species is set apart from the rest of creation and that is the second type of solitude how is that different than the first no like adam and eve the second type it should be the difference between male and female the original the solitude between the, the two is that not right I know. <laughs> now you have me questioning because you're you... no difficult, right? That's what that was. I, I thought it was that the first type was man from the rest of creation. Then it was man as male and female are alone from like in solitude from themselves, like to the point where. Right, like a man doesn't know what it's like to be a woman, but they know what it's like to be human. And a woman doesn't know what it's like to be a man. This is literally blowing my mind. I've never heard this or taught it. Really? I I have always taught that it was... I could be wrong. The solitude of man. Yeah. Male and female. But what does that mean? Caused by the absence of the woman. So that's what I'm saying. So like Adam was alone... Mm-hmm. Without a helpmate. Right. Is the first type. We kind of covered both types in the explanation, but they can't really go one without the other. Right. Um, Adam was alone without Eve. And then the second type is Adam and Eve being humans are different from the rest of creation, okay. therefore yeah, in solitude. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. I think you are talking about which we recently, it was a lesson for the 8th graders, mm, was, um, oh my man sexual difference. No. I think, oh, the relationships are separate. Unity and difference? No. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm, oh. I'm thinking about the we did original recent- solitude. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, that, because, again, that's the difference between man as male and female. And, again, how, again, the man... Like, Adam, at this point, right, is alone as the only man. And Eve is alone as the only woman. That's not how I interpreted that. Oh, really? No. So that's, that's what I was saying. Even when it says the other deriving from the relationship between male and female. Yeah. And then kind of like you said, that it's like without, before Eve was there, like that was kind of, that was still part of it, that Adam was still alone as the only like human man again that there was still something missing so yeah (laughs) 
I don't know. Okay. Are you set in your interpretation I don't of think, this? I don't think they're that different. Because I would say, like, the Adam being... The only man and Eve being the only woman points more to that unity and difference. Um concept which we'll get to because we haven't even introduced that as a topic yeah so i'm sorry say again you're the way so the way i have interpreted it and taught for three years so is that the first type is that adam is alone right and then the second like as like without Eve. eve Right. It is not good for a man to be alone. Yeah. Okay. And then the second type is... Man from creation. Man from creation, but it would include Eve Mm. as a species. Yes. Right. Since we defined that last time. Or no, we didn't actually. I just defined it in glass. Now I'm all scrambled. uh, Yep. That happens to me a lot. I wanted to make sure the eighth graders understood that when I say man, mm-hmm. mean mankind. Like mankind. Yep. Okay, so I don't, we're not really saying different things. I think I'm just kind of. I think you're expanding on it further. Right. Which is fine. If you want to go there, we could go there. Well, I think that's part of the. I, I think that's part of the original solitude. But it, I don't disagree. Again, and that's them when Eve is created and Adam sees her for the first time it's like he realizes like okay she is like me but of course right realizes like well she's different and that difference is good but that he's still alone in the sense that he's um the only man and I think part of that comes through we talked about last time I think um but how the language changes and the original um text of Genesis where mm-hmm. uh, Adam's name changes or like the way they refer to Adam changes from uh, Adam to uh, East right so that's a male now instead of man here it says it talks about the change in language yeah yeah it does and, and I think we talked about that last time how it, how it changes from calling well, him like man to male and then Eve is referred to as female. Briefly, we did. But this is specifically referring to the the way in which it signifies the solitude. Mm-hmm. It says, thus when God, Yahweh, speaks the words about solitude, he refers to them, he refers with them to the solitude of man as such and not only to that of the male. Right. But then he goes on to talk about the difference between the male and female. Okay. I'm not saying it's not related. I'm just right. saying, like, I, how detailed yeah. do you want to get if yeah. we're going to get through... Are we only going to talk about original solitude tonight? No, no, So no. I can talk about original solitude. Right. But I think I think we've done a pretty, pretty good job already talking about it. Okay. So, so we're going to save unity and difference. Yeah. Yeah. For another time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was unsure of. Okay. That's I good. think... Because you're more familiar with the material than I am, you tend to 
get more detailed. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. So, so I guess, like, what is the point of looking at the original Solitude? That's kind of the next question. What is the point of... Or yeah, of like, what's what's the reasoning for John Ball's second point? Like, what does this show us? What does this give to us? Well, really, you're supposed to know that. Oh. No. Um, <clears throat> I mean, kind of. <laughs> we We're doing this podcast, so you shouldn't yeah, know some things. Yeah. Um, so... Can I tell you my thoughts? Yes, and then I will read no. John Paul II's thoughts oh, good. over here and see if they match or if you're a heretic. Just making, I don't think it would make me a heretic, necessarily. Depends. I don't think. Might be able to trick you into just it. Just depends, yeah. Um, so I think the biggest thing to take away from, you know, even having a reason to look at original solitude and understand it and see that it, how that applies to us now Um the biggest thing is seeing that we're not made to be alone. Um, that every single person, no matter who you are, uh, and this, if you watched our very first episode, uh, this includes me as like the probably biggest introvert, almost known to man, um, that I would most of the time rather just be by myself and not. That's why we had kids. Talk to anybody. Yeah, that's why. Um, <clears throat> sure, let's go with that. Um, but <laughs> um, but each one of us, this deepest part of us, uh, we're made for communion, for community, uh, that we should not be alone. Uh, and we I think realize that for some people long, it takes longer than others, but at some point... Um, you're going to realize that you are miserable being alone if you're just alone all the time. Uh, that, you know, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to feel fulfilled. Um, we need this this communion. Uh, it's like, it's just stamped into us. Uh, and that's what I think John Paul II wants us to see from it. Yes. So what does he say? Well. Am I a heretic? It's hard to say. Oh, good. I think that <laughs> you have a good point that John Paul II would agree with. Okay. That is not the primary thing that he points out in this section. Okay. Then what does he say? would love to know. He says that this concept this is paraphrasing for all of you who might be following along it well maybe it does go together i don't know he just used different terms so he uses the word like um finding his essence or identity and that i think is revealed in solitude Mm-hmm. Um, but it, let's see it, 
I guess, well, he says, like, recognizing that original solitude of our species man mm-hmm. um, can help us identify the difference. And I, I will be honest, mm. in today's society, I feel like people are throwing that away or ignoring it, disregarding it. I don't mm-hmm. know. That difference between man and animal, as we become more like animals, mm-hmm. and we treat animals more like people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And not just in like a, like, I don't want people to think I like hate animals. Right. Yeah. But it's just having the right. Right. Like there are some animals that have more legal protection than Mm -hmm. some groups of humans. Yeah. Exactly. So (laughs) that's as vague as I'd like to be. Okay. (laughs) Or as specific. That's as specific as I like. This is like your thing. You can be specific I'm not there yet why oh I'm gonna be I don't want to derail like I think it's important though I think it being more specific about the things that we're dealing with in today's time and again how this applies and shows us more about the truth I don't know I think you can see yes but you have to build to that why evangelization 101 Whatever. Do you see JP2 mentioning current events in this section, or does he do it three years in? I don't know. I don't know when he started bad-mouthing the people that <laughs> he didn't like. Bad-mouthing is strong language. Yeah, it is. Fraternal correction. Yeah, it's probably more accurate for anyway. JP2 says that in our recognition of our original solitude as a species, we find our identity and therefore our purpose. And all of these things come together to form our mm-hmm. essence. Yes. Exactly. Which. And the essence is the stuff that we're made of. Yeah. Thank you, high school <laughs> apologetics. Yeah, because it takes it from the, the Latin word essay to be. So it's like our, our very being. Are you flexing right now with your Latin? Yeah. Oh, with my words. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Put it away. All right. Okay. Um, yes. So, um, man finds himself alone before God, above all, to express mm-hmm. through the first self-definition his own self-knowledge as a first and fundamental manifestation of humanity so there man adam being alone right and i like that it's a man alone before god where it's like i think a lot of people probably most people i would say kind of face that at some point where Mm -hmm. whether they know that they're facing god or not like when anyone asks the question you know what, like, what is my 
purpose or what is the meaning of my life um, I think is, that's where you're kind of looking this is an interesting comment I wrote in the margins five years ago maybe yeah Man's dignity sets him apart, and his knowledge of this dignity makes him alone. Mm. I bet that is not my own words. Right. I bet those are the words of Dr. Ashy. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Wait, do you have thoughts on that? You want to? Yeah, I think it's again kind of. If it was important enough to write in the margins. Right. Uh, but I can see that like, how important that would be to see that Adam kind of recognizing his place in creation um, to this point right above everything else that's been created on earth mm-hmm. um, well it kind of goes to what I said about <laughs> how Adam would have known his order in creation mm-hmm. Because, or he wouldn't have wondered, why is God bringing me all the animals? It may have made it more clear, enlightened his intellect, but upon it happening, I think that the unity that was there between God and Adam, he would have just known. Um, And that's what I think that means. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yep, just like knowing, um, you know, exactly <laughs> where God has put him in creation. Um, that's very, would you'd imagine it's very obvious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so original solitude is the first aspect. There's a lot more that we can and we will talk about regarding mm-hmm. solitude. Um, but we want to kind of outline all of the original experiences, Mm -hmm. and then we'll return to them. Yeah. Okay, so here. So then we have original unity. Yes. Go. Original unity, so. That's you and me. Right. No. Well, no. (laughs) It's what we strive for. It's not where we get to <laughs> all the time. Right. Uh, so, again, because this is an original experience, it's yeah, before I was gonna sin. Say, I don't think we could get to the original version of Unity. No, but again, this we'll talk in a, a later episode about, again, how we, why we want to apply and understand these so we can apply them to our lives now. Yes. Um, but uh, originally... Right, uh, Adam and Eve have this unity with each other. Um, that is again sort of perfected almost. That there's uh, this kind of understanding between them of who the other person is. That again, it's almost like I feel like I've heard somebody describe it before. It's it's like almost as if they were able to sort of see the whole person, body and soul, in a way. Um, that, you know, they understood exactly, there. that's why there was no, um, you know, like, fear of the other person. So, you know, they, they were able to, uh, they had that understanding. Are you sure that wasn't? 
It's not the other original. There's only three? Yeah. I've created one I mean, in my mind. I mean, there are, I think there are more things <laughs> yeah. you could say, but... Um, but yeah, what, is there anything John Paul II says? Because he says it better than me. Yeah, I was <laughs> just looking because I thought that he had said something about what I kind of alluded to just uh, just a moment ago about God and man being in unity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, um, yeah, kind of like you said, uh, I think there's mm, a few ways that man has unity with other right. things So, there was that, um, I was just trying to find it, though. Okay, so for this reason, the meaning of original solitude, which can be referred simply to man, is substantially prior to the meaning of original unity. The latter is based on masculinity and femininity. Okay, sorry, I missed a part. <laughs> yep. Little teaser for <laughs> ten seconds from now. Nice. Um, that wasn't the part I was looking for. Yeah. I, I think that the unity is twofold, though. I think it's God and, and man. I think it and might then be threefold. Even. Explain. So, what were you going to say? God and man. And? Man and woman. Right. I think also man and there's the unity between man and the rest of creation, too. Oh, man too, and the rest of creation, Where, yes. you know, there's like lions and things who are not killing them. Uh, <laughs> that they can live. Uh, Have you ever looked at Benny's there. Bible game? On her no okay so in the genesis or the creation story interactive mm-hmm. story there on the seventh day god rested and so it's like every um i don't want to say person every Creation. Creation. Creature. Thank you. Every creature. Every creature is like sleeping mm-hmm. and you, you can click on them and they're like dreaming about different things. Like the elephant's dreaming about um, following like deer jumping over a fence, but then it like lands on the fence, which I don't want to get into like fences where fences part of creation. Mm-hmm. Because, no. But the garden had a gate. Hmm. It did. So. Interesting. Yeah. Bonus content. Wow. Okay. Sean and Riley debate the likelihood of there being a fence. Just like part a, of like the a wooden fence. Part. Yeah, it was like a split rail in the cartoon. All right. The little interactive thing. Anyway. Right. Doesn't matter. In the middle of the picture, Adam and Eve are like curled up, sleeping on the lion. Oh yeah, sure. So. Yeah. Because of the unity. Yeah. What's interesting is I'm pretty sure the fish are not sleeping. Fish don't sleep. That's why. Really? Uh, most of them don't. Some oh, do. Oh, that's so weird. 
I think I think I, I think I learned that from a popular children's show about underwater F- creatures. Finding Nemo? No. Oh my gosh, Octonauts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, did they mention that in Finding Nemo, and I missed it? I, I haven't watched as much Octonauts as I know you there have. Was, um, I think like Great Whites. Octonauts is like my sharks. favorite children's show. No. It's, it's no okay, not for entertainment. For education. It's so educational. Yeah. It is. And I love when your mom was here. She was like, "No, it was your dad, I think." Do they ever show a picture of the real thing? <laughs> like, oh, just you wait. <laughs> Gotta catch that creature report. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. Okay. Interesting. So, Sorry. Yeah, there's that unity between so, creation too. Unity between creation between man and woman, and then God and man. This is what we'll talk later i think next week about what happens <laughs> where where did they go wrong <laughs> merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> oh that's gonna be the worst <laughs> we oh, could well. expand on like original unity or something happy uh, we could i mean the whole thing is happy in the end in the end yeah we're not even there yet in real time Stay tuned. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, that's what I was saying. I can't find the the exact quote where John Paul II says. Yeah. God and man. But yeah, I think I think that's that's right. Um, where yeah, I mean, you have the unity between God and man, where and man. Trusts in God. Right? Yeah, but also the <clears throat> the fact that man was created in the image of God mm-hmm. plays a role in that unity. Yeah, and so, and I think that is retained. Right. There are like symptoms of the original experiences that have been retained, and that point us back to that life that we should strive for that's why i think people aren't that i think that's why how do i want to say this we know that longing for god is Mm -hmm. in every person and they might Mm -hmm. not be able to name it that but i think the things that point us to that longing for god or keep us searching even if we have no idea what it is we're looking for, are those symptoms of the original experiences that mm-hmm. remain. Right. That that unity, even though it's, it's broken now, mm-hmm. that desire for unity, the desire for union with another person, um, being made in the image of God it kind of points us towards not points us towards I think it's it's like um it is like a sign yes so it is a sign right I want to almost compare it to it like a magnet like it draws us yeah to Mm -hmm. back to that wholeness Mm -hmm. yeah because I you can't like we can't lose that right you know always there but then you know you say this and then it makes me think like we can kind of even get like really really close 
to kind of getting that like union with God, um, like in the original unity, you like immediately like the, at least a, maybe for at least a few minutes after confession, uh, you know that you've you've repaired your relationship with God. Of course, it's still not perfect. You still have yeah. uh, original sin, but well, I think if we're gonna talk on a <laughs> specifically practical level. Mm-hmm. Receiving the Eucharist. Yeah. Would be... Communion. Yes, as you mentioned. Yeah, Um, also very, very good point. Receiving the Eucharist, I think, would be the most unified we could be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's like a physical union. Right. Um, Yeah. And it, it could be spiritual, too, but I think a lot of people receive communion kind of absentmindedly, and... Yeah. Um, save that. <laughs> what? Save that. Don't go there. Build to that. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna... I was gonna include myself in that. Or, yeah. like, I have a, a kid in one arm, and then one who's kicking me in the back, and, right. like, yep. thank you, Jesus, for being here today. this is the best that I have (laughs) um yeah and even too just again you say that makes me think like in a way receiving the Eucharist is again in a certain way not completely right even more of a union than Adam and Eve had like like literally like we have God himself like we're making him (laughs) part of us yeah that again that they wouldn't I think, again, on, like, a physical level, and then, oh, how did I want to break this down? I wanted to break it down physical, spiritual, and intellectual. Okay. But I forgot my intellectual comparison. Because we got detracted. Detracted? Sure. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll allow it. Your vocabulary word (laughs) submission has been accepted. Um... Yeah, so confession, I think, would be, allows us to become closer on, like, a, a spiritual mm. level. Yeah. Um, or to be close on a spiritual level. Right. And then the Eucharist, all of them should have spiritual aspects obviously but the eucharist is such a like physical mm-hmm. union and then um oh it was suffering uh-huh. was okay. my intellectual because that's such a like mind commitment hmm. to suffer in union with christ that's interesting because that's not something that Adam and Eve would have... Like, they didn't, there was no suffering. Well, right. But I'm talking about now. Right. Because you said that we have an opportunity to be closer. Yeah. And I think that, mm. you know, Adam and Eve... There... Um, I don't know if I fully understand what would have happened to them without original sin, mm-hmm. but I've always understood it to be that they wouldn't go to heaven because they didn't 
have need of that union with Hmm. God because like there was already a natural union with God. Right. And so this is a topic heavily, heavily debated among my circle of people stuffing folders in the faith formation office. Yeah. Um, so let me, because that's another thing that I only really heard from anybody recently. Mm-hmm. Something I hadn't given a lot of thought to is like, would out originals without originals and would Adam and Eve have died? And were you there when I was like yelling yeah. about this in the office? I don't think so. Was it at church? I don't. I, I don't remember where I heard it. Oh well, okay. This is the exact thing. Okay. I was upset. Not upset. I was um, impassioned. Mm-hmm. Yes. And loud. <laughs> um, because. Uh, I forget. I think it was like the Baltimore Catechism mm. test question or something said. There was something. I don't want to okay. throw the Baltimore Catechism under the bus in case it wasn't that. But sure. there was something that posited that at the end of Adam and Eve's earthly life, they would have just been assumed into heaven, not dissimilar to Mary. Without original sin. Right. But on one hand, it makes sense. But... The assumption of Mary and the protection from original sin, the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. doesn't, I don't want to say presupposes, but is is that way because of original sin. Right. But if there had never been original sin, then how do we know it would have been the same way? I guess we don't. But that's, I guess, like the first question in my mind is, would they have been immortal or would they have died? Because then it's once they sin, you know, God tells them, like, sure, or he tells them before, he says, you before will they surely sin. die. Yeah, and so if yeah. you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. And that was one of the effects of original sin is that you die. And I always understood that to mean, like, that wouldn't have been the case before. Right. Yeah. Hmm. It, at the end of their earthly life, I mean, I suppose they're, well, I don't know. I don't know if there would have been aging or if. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was definitely, there was time. You know that. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. That's really weird. Time is the measure of change. Right. It's just, I guess, how much would they change? Like, would they be like 80 years old and look like they were 20 you know yeah well they're I definitely think that their physical bodies would not break down and deteriorate yeah (coughs) which no I should save that too yeah (laughs) do you know I think yeah you know it's my number one complaint about people okay Sure. Trying to avoid death. Yeah. Right. All right. Because then you don't have funerals to sing at. Whatever. Oh my gosh. I cannot <laughs> believe you would say that here. Oh, no, please. No. It's not true. No, it's not. You don't really think that? No. 
I do, and I I don't want to say I enjoy it as a ministry. Right. I. But like, it's a good thing you're doing for. People. Yeah, I like to do it. Right. Yeah. And like, oh gosh, I can't get weird about death right now. People aren't ready to see that side of me. Okay. If you say so. Uh, so. <laughs> Then yeah, so we'll we'll save all this maybe for another time. It's just too long of a conversation. It is, and also we have another, we'll get there because yeah. there is an audience all about that. Right, which is good. It's we'll spend great. an entire episode talking about death. Nice. Put a smile on for that one. <laughs> People will love it. Oh, uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to tell because so Everyone's far, intrigued by death. My only audience for this kind of thing has been eighth graders who are pretty much asleep. Or in denial of death being a thing. They think they're I don't invincible. Know about that. Eighth graders Sometimes are the most aside from three year olds. Hmm. Eighth graders are the one demographic of human beings that are the least afraid of dying. And I don't mean like they acknowledge death as a reality. Mm-hmm. I mean that they think that they cannot be broken. Yeah. Yep. I love them though. Yeah. They're alright. But anyways, so that's why it's hard for me to tell how people feel about it but I'd assume most people are mostly uncomfortable with it I have been reprimanded mm-hmm. for being I don't know you're too cavalier <laughs> I guess I don't know everybody's gonna die just gotta deal with it okay, okay. so alright so original unity we <laughs> good. Um, yes, original unity. I feel like we covered it honestly. I think we in did. brief, we did. We went Very. a little tangential, but we're gonna come back to it in detail. The unity between God and man, unity between male and female, unity between man and the rest of creation. Yes, remember this is before the fall. But it's hard for us to. It's hard to talk about the original experiences without talking about them in light of the fall yeah because that's like what, what our experience <laughs> right yeah um yes okay so we have unity and solitude and, and then everyone's favorite original experience wait a second before you say this out dead. loud okay go ahead I think there's five. I could think of at least one more. And it starts with an I. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got? That's it. So oh. four. Okay. Uh, here's the thing: is I think you can take any experience Adam and Eve had, and it becomes an original experience. Yeah. 
Because then, it, no matter what it is, in one way or another, it changes. <laughs> I'm trying to think. After the fall. Remember that one paragraph of fill in the blanks that I wrote about the original experiences for the test? Mm-hmm. Trying to think, but I think that the last one, the last blank was original sin. Oh, yeah. So that would be. And like a quarter of them. Uh, they would out. always write original happiness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. And that's not a thing. That's not, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there is more. But these are the three, the big three. And we have to talk about the one with the eye. Okay, so I think that does one... Does that play into this? How does this I think work? it does, yeah. Because I think you see it after... Um, yeah, you kind maybe. of alluded to it earlier. Should I, I'm just going to say it. Yeah, let's Okay, say it. so the, the one with the I, the I word, <laughs> is original idolatry. I'm just kidding. Uh, innocence. Yes. Original innocence. Um, and the one that Sean wants to talk about now no, is... No, it's the one everyone wants to talk about. Everyone wants to talk... Even the non-Catholic post-Christian society wants to talk about. Oh, yeah. Original nakedness. Yep. That's the one. Again, really fun to talk to 8th graders about it. Not as fun as 6th graders, though, in my opinion. 6th graders are more responsive about just the word. Yes. They are. Um... So yeah, I think let's start with original innocence. Let's just talk about that. I think it. Which is pretty self-explanatory. I think. Yeah. Well, nakedness definitely is self-explanatory. But I think there's a lot more to that. I really think you have to talk about them together because they don't make sense. I mean, not that they don't make sense standing alone, but I think they make more sense. Mm-hmm. As interwoven concepts. Yeah. Because original nakedness was possible because of original innocence. Right, yeah. That, again, I think both by themselves are kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, really, yes. Adam and Eve were naked in the garden. They, God did not create them with clothes on. Mm-hmm. They were just created like everybody else. Just comes into this world. No clothes on. They're naked. Um, but then the, it's like... Yeah. My babies were born without clothes on. They were. No. I don't remember. You probably wouldn't. (laughs) I sure do. When I saw them for the first time, both of them, they were all bundled up. They were bundled up, but they weren't like clothed, technically. They were wearing diapers by the time they got to me. Yeah, that's true. You would want that. (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise. You were, like, holding them. They had, like, hats and diapers and those weird little um, kimono shirts. Oh, yeah. They did, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, Adam and Eve were naked. And then I guess the further point is they chose to stay naked. Like, not really even... I guess you'd say they chose because they have free will. But there was no, like, second thought. It was like, yeah, this is the way we were created. Why would we... Was there even a first thought? Probably not. Yeah. Exactly. It was, I feel like just, it was like, just like, this is who we are. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, you look at, like, animals. Kind of like, we don't give a second thought to people wearing clothes. I mean... Right, yeah. Like, as a general concept. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you're out in public. Like, yeah. If you're out in public naked, we're gonna be like, hey. hey. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah. The the original nakedness is they were just naked. And again, because that's who they were. That's how they were created. They didn't see a reason not to be. And they were created the way that things were meant to be. Right. Right, like if we were meant to be, to need to be clothed, God would have covered that. Now. Get it? Covered that. I would like you to add like a hey, just because we were originally meant to be naked doesn't mean we are now. Right, but that's, I guess, what I'm saying is that for them, you know, they realize, like, okay, like, we didn't, we don't need to wear clothes because, like, obviously God would have done that if he meant for it. But now, because of original sin, they literally had everything (laughs) they needed. Right, exactly. Um, nakedness. Oh, the part of innocence that I do think we should kind of single out is, um, not using people. Right. I guess you kind of already alluded to that. Yeah, so like out of innocence. Right, comes this sort of not just like trust of other people, but um, understanding like Adam and Eve would have seen like the dignity of the other person um, and would have upheld that. <laughs> right. And so not only could they treat the other person the right way, but they could know that they were going to be treated correctly by the other person too. Um, so that, the, that way, right, that there's no. There is no use, as the word John Paul II would use. Um, there's no selfish desire of the other person or anything that you're... It's all very subjective rather than objective. And because objective. there was no uh, utilitarian mm-hmm. motives, mm-hmm. then the person... The other person could be, John Paul II uses this phrase, naked without shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that shame comes from the fear of being used. That shame that we have now. Right. Um, yeah. And not necessarily, I don't necessarily like the phrase, the fear <clears throat> of being used. Yeah. Because the shame is like. Now we hide our bodies to protect. Right. Yeah. Because the effect of original sin where we use people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think there's two um, senses to shame. Mm-hmm. John Paul talking about that. It's like, yeah, and he says like this fear of being used. But again, the kind of flip side and maybe more unspoken 
part of it is that, like, why are you afraid of that being misused? It's because it has value. Yes. Right? And you as a person, your right. value is worth protecting. But, and back to last week we discussed, like, a veil mm-hmm. yeah. um, analogy. Like, we cover what is precious. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's all. Yeah, because then you also think there's, uh, how does it go, like you don't hide a, a lamp under a bushel basket, is that, am I remembering that correctly? Huh? Right, like don't hide a, a, lamp, a lamp under a bushel basket, I, I think, I forget where that's from exactly, but it's New Testament for sure. Okay. You never heard that? Yeah, it's from the parable of the talents. Right, yeah. So So that's the other kind of thing to kind of take thought with it is, okay, it's not that you're trying to hide something good and, like, keep it for yourself. It's kind of, like, it's not, like, a selfish thing. Right. Is that it's more, um, <clears throat> again, protecting this, this, you know, thing or here, this person and their own value. Yes. But, like, still sharing themselves, you know, in a way, right? Of making a gift of themselves. Right. And revealing the person. We could go so many, like, ways (laughs) with this, you know? like. shouldn't. Well, I'm just thinking, like, sacramentality of the body and language of the body. Mm -hmm. Which we will come to. Yeah. But... The point is, now we cover ourselves. Right. Because there is not this original innocence. There is this distorted desire to use each other. Yeah. And again, not to go too far, but this has almost gone so far that now shame has become something that there are people who are almost like, not like I guess not proud of shame but are like shameless <laughs> yeah um it's like it's gone so far from like you see adam and eve in the garden in their first experience of being naked mm-hmm. and they clothe themselves because they're afraid or right? what <clears throat> the other person might think of them now it's gone so far the other way that you have people who are just so without any shame right um, that they're not clothing themselves and it's just it's such a strange thing to consider like how well, and allowing themselves going. to be used in that mm-hmm. um even if not directly right but i think that i don't want to like talk too much about marriage as a sacrament but mm-hmm. like the sacrament of marriage within that sacrament you can reveal yourself to the other person and maybe not without fear of being used but I have to believe that the sacrament um, when it's conferred gives a certain grace to hopefully if it's received and utilized to protect Mm -hmm. from using each other not to say it doesn't happen but Mm -hmm. um, 
within that context, the person has been given the responsibility to not use. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yes. Exactly. I agree. Um, yeah, it's like it's one of those things where we uh, live in a world affected by sin. So it's even you have good things. Uh, like sex and marriage, and it's not always going to be used properly. Right. Fortunately. But. but I think that, if I may, that's one of the reasons that it's so important to save that gift for marriage, because <laughs> those graces will help to purify intentions. Right. Exactly. Nakedness, Nakedness, solitude, unity. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Is there anything else that you wanted to? I mean, we've covered all these experiences pretty well. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I feel like if we brought up another aspect yeah. of them, right, it would It'd just kind of keep going. Yeah. Uh, but I think what, kind of looking forward, mm -hmm. um, believe next time will, what are we going to talk about next time? I don't know yet. Okay. Cause Maybe I was thinking, we should not tell them anything. Yeah. And okay figure out if there's anything we want to cover specifically so yeah we'll kind of look back at it but yeah. I think a, a, a good thing to do would be to kind of talking more about how these original experiences affect us today in a fallen world with sin yes um, <clears throat> oh we will and how that looks so what I would like for you to tell me mm -hmm. is um, when we talked about the first original experience of original solitude, mm -hmm. you talked a little bit about what John Paul II wants us to take away from that. Yeah. And I was hoping we could go back to the other three and kind of simplify the takeaway. Would that be possible? Yeah. So again, so look at unity, innocence, and nakedness. Yes. And say what does he want us to see in that? Right. Like, what okay. is the takeaway? Because I think we kind of edged around it a little bit in our conversation. But it maybe hasn't been clarified in a, a concrete, mm -hmm. usable way. Right. Um, so I, I think part of unity, we covered this with particularly is um, unity with God. <laughs> we, we talked about that pretty extensively um, yeah. and how, you know, what we can practically do uh, now as far as receiving the Eucharist, going to confession. Um, just receiving the sacraments <laughs> uh, really helps with our relationship. You gonna leave out my suffering? 
Not my <laughs> suffering. <laughs> I mean, sure. But, yeah, suffering is also part of that, too. Um, I think now, in a fallen world. Right, for us, in our yeah. own experience. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then, uh, right, our unity uh, between like, man, like male and female. Um, again, where I think that's most applicable to you is marriage uh not as much otherwise um a little bit so but mostly in marriage is where you know you have this unity uh between a man and a woman uh unlike in any other relationship uh even again not just physically but um emotionally even in a way spiritually can be um <clears throat> that uh, again, to see that, you know, we need to strive for that unity like Adam and Eve had with each other. Um, again, sort of, as we talked about, of avoiding, uh, you know, that utilitarianism of using the other person, of, uh, again, truly loving them and wanting what's best for them. Uh, and, again, that we, we need that unity between each other to... Uh, build on that <laughs> really and then uh, our unity with creation I think that comes down to uh, you know, God placing uh, stewardship <laughs> of creation on us uh, and that uh, it is still our responsibility to again not just let everything around us fall into complete and utter chaos uh, yes but you know taking care of the, the world around us also um you know you know whatever whatever way that means uh i think you know that would be what he's trying to get us to you know for us particularly to see in right unity. uh and then if we look at original innocence uh you know seeing that uh, at least originally, we were, you know, as people, were able to really have innocence. And, you know, I think most people um, today, and maybe for a long time throughout history, uh, have a really hard time trusting people to have their best interests at heart. Because yeah. most people have some sort of ulterior motive. And it's hard not to mm-hmm. be selfish mm-hmm. and not to want to be comfortable. Right. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with wanting to be comfortable and wanting to have what you need or what you want even. But yeah. Um, if it's at the expense of others, which we so very often do. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's when I think he wants to see that we we can and we should uh, really be aligning ourselves to more be looking out for the best interests mm-hmm. of others. Um, and I think you see that too. And, you know, there can be a lot of ways to sort of like get ahead. Um, but I think being genuine and wanting to bring up the people around you 
in the long run gets you further than uh, you know trying to like swindle people yeah <laughs> basically um, <clears throat> right but not even just that like maintaining friendships because they serve you rather than mm-hmm. because you genuinely care for the person mm-hmm. right so yeah and that as like again people created uh, to be in relationships that it is possible for us to <laughs> want what's best for another person and mm-hmm. not just be looking for what can we get out of other people right um, I and think again, that, that's what leads to longer more like a better quality relationship with anybody yeah and I guess to your point I think concretely trying to work on purifying our intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if I can introduce the definition of love right about now. Sure, go for it. Because um, I feel like it's pertinent. Mm-hmm. Um, which John Paul II defines love as to will the good of another. Mm-hmm. And if I had a nickel for every time a teenager told me it was making someone happy. <laughs> you have a lot of nickels. Probably wouldn't have any debt, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but our pastor mm-hmm. very often likes to follow up that definition with uh, to love is to will the good of another. Which often means making sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, and to purify yeah. our intentions is a, is a heavy sacrifice, especially depending on your temperament. Yes, true. Um, <laughs> and if you're wondering maybe how you can work on that, I would highly recommend revisiting that temperament quiz that uh, we posted with our first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And then, uh, so that leaves the last experience of original nakedness. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't realize you were waiting for me to confirm. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, that, again, what <clears throat> I think we want to see there, again, kind of goes back again it's tied into in a sense of uh, again being able to see the person for who they truly are um, and not sort of just you know the surface level right um, which I think even now even though again most people are wearing clothes out in public uh, I think we still do that that we kind of take like our first kind of glance at somebody to say that do I like this person or not like do they annoy what about them annoys me yeah (laughs) kind of thing Um, they're super judgy yeah exactly Uh, so I think that's again still something we need to take out of this is uh, you know how are we trying to you know elevate the person in front of us to be you know, again, not put them like on a pedestal per Just se. Just equal but, in dignity. <clears throat> right. 
yeah, but not just, yeah, debasing them to just, like, what do we see? How do we, you know, judge this person? Um, but realizing whether, no matter how we judge them, that they have this uh, unique, you know, dignity uh, of being a person created by God that's in front of us, again, no matter who they are. Uh, you know, whether they look like, you know, they have been living on the street their whole life or whether they look like they were born with um, you know quite a few silver spoons in their mouth uh, that <clears throat> it doesn't matter those people in the eyes of God those two people are the same uh, right? that, that, that doesn't their value as a person doesn't change um, to get us to see that to realize that um, and to know that again that that was possible for Adam and Eve. Uh, so again, that, that's how we got. And again, overall, all of the original experiences are meant to, for us to see this is how it was in the beginning. This is how we were made to be. Um, you know, so as closely as we can imitate these original experiences ourselves uh, is how we become more of who we truly are meant to be. that make sense? It does. Okay. Great. All right. Well. That seems like a good closing I'm Sure. We'll thought. close on that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we don't know what we're doing next week. We don't have a Mountain Dew to try this week. Maybe we'll get one and add it in quick before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to set up the room more than necessary. Yeah, that's true. Uh, That's hard enough as it is. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So we'll just skip it this week. Yep. We're wearing our Christmas clothes. And maybe your Christmas gift to me could be that I don't have to drink Mountain Dew this week. Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Mm, Okay. (laughs) We'll talk. <laughs> we also got brake pads. So. Brake pads? Yeah, for the van. Oh, we got more than that. But. Well, for Christmas. Yeah. I figured that was more for me so that I didn't have to go. So that you didn't do have to change myself. it yourself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I did the math and it would have ended up costing about the same. Yeah. So, so he gave us a good deal. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Alright. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy Jolly Merry Christmas. Yeah, because it'll be Christmas Eve, so I can say that now. Yes. Previously, it was Advent, but on Christmas Eve... Right. We will not be recording an episode, Mm -hmm. so we might need to do an extra one one of these weeks to stay on track, but we will not be recording an episode on Christmas Eve. No. Because we will be going to Midnight Mass. Yep. Which will require us to leave around the time we usually start recording. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, true. Um, highly recommend attending Midnight Mass, especially if by candlelight on Christmas Eve, if you have one local to you. Yep. And. Yeah. Cool. Don't forget. 
Christmas isn't over on December 26th. Yep, that's right. Keep playing the Christmas music. Keep playing the Christmas music. (laughs) Keep your decorations up. Maybe don't keep your dying flammable real tree. Yeah. But like wreaths and ornaments and wintry pillows. I don't know. Blankets. Whatever you have. I have lots of things. Comes out for this time of year. Nativity scenes. Oh yeah. For sure. Keep them up. Don't forget to put out your wise men for the epiphany. Hmm. Right. Which is on January 2nd. Yeah. And we'll have an episode before that too. On the 31st. Mm Mm-hmm. Of December. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Cool. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go to all those places. Find us. You can talk to us. We respond to things. Mm-hmm. Um, comments and such. Yes. Uh, Better Than Wine podcast. Mm-hmm. We have the same picture on every single platform. Yep. And... You can also email us. You can email us your questions or if you want to correct us on some heresy we might have committed. Yeah, if you have something to add, yeah. that would be cool. We'll and read then. your comments on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was the last thing? Oh, um, we would love to have some patrons so that we can keep doing this because mm-hmm. it costs money for us to do this yep. and uh it's awkward to ask for money but there are perks <laughs> yeah there are fun As perks getting ready to get, get some travel i don't know what to call them wine glass tumblers yeah you know what they like the metal with the lid but it's a it's like a stemless wine glass like this Mm -hmm. so we'll probably also get some travel mugs for those people who don't want a travel wine tumbler yeah you know you could put other things in it i would never put wine in a travel yeah that seems kind of strange. Cup. But anyway, they're really high quality mm-hmm. uh, stainless steel or something. I don't know. The inside is metal. Yes. They're all metal. Sublimation printing is the bomb. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if you would like to sponsor this podcast. Sponsor? Is that the right word? If you'd like to yeah, be a sponsor. If you want to be a sponsor... And we can advertise your business as long as it is in line with the <laughs> teachings of the Catholic Church. Right. I probably don't need to say that, but I will just in case. Yeah. Um, please email us and mm-hmm. we would love to do an ad for you yeah. on the podcast. It stays up forever because we record, we it's, are going to record ads on the internet <laughs> during the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. The end. Merry Christmas.